It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. You're home for all the Connacht Rugby news and lots of it this week as we look ahead to Friday's clash between Connacht and the Dragons in Newport live on Galway Bay FM. Full podcast to follow that one as well. Following on from Connacht's 41-5 victory over Benetton Treviso at the weekend. Spirits are high now and they had plenty of players up in terms of the press conference this week. Stephen Fitzgerald and Paddy McAllister were the men who spoke to William Davis. Andy Friend also speaking to William Davis. You're going to hear that audio first. After that, then you're going to hear from our podcast regulars, Alan Deegan, steering the chat between William Davis and Lindy McKenzie after that press conference. So lots to look ahead to then. Let's get stuck into the podcast, starting with the audio from the press conference. And you know you have a time to have a look at. I suppose you've had two performances to look at: one win, one win, one defeat. Good, good performance on Saturday night. Uh, where are you in terms of the squad, and where are they in terms of the Dragons? Uh, we're in a better place um, on this Tuesday than we were last Tuesday, just given the performance on the weekend, which was a really good bounce back. And you know, we, we were all disappointed after the Scarlets' loss, um, but to turn around on last Saturday and have the, the, the performance we did against uh, Treviso Benetton was was a compliment to the players and to the staff and, and to everybody here in, in the way they just changed the mindset and got a good performance. So we lead into this week knowing it's a short turnaround. Been very impressed actually with uh, with the Dragons, the change in their game style um, from last year to this year. They've had one win, one loss similar to us, but a big, big win against Zebra on the weekend and their first home game is going to be a tough one for us. Yeah, is that really the challenge now to bring forward, take the real positives from the performance at the sports ground and move them across to Wales, maybe in different conditions, who knows what the weather will be like, but to get the same cohesiveness in the team and to get them at it really early, almost from the, from the first whistle? Yeah, I think that, yeah, the important thing, we've, and we've seen this in the, in the visits we've had across to, to Wales over the last... 14, 15 months, um, you go back to the Ospreys last year, you know, within 10 minutes they got two, two tries on us and now you're chasing the game. Now we nearly clawed that back but we didn't. Uh, on the weekend, you know, we, we allowed two scores against us again or two weekends ago, Scarlets. Um, we nearly clawed back, that back but we didn't. You can't let them get ahead. You know, when the, when the Welsh teams get ahead and they get their crowd behind them, it becomes even a, a more difficult place to, to play. So the way we start is really, really important. When you say the Dragons have changed their, 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 their game style, have they started to become a little bit more open? Have they tried to actually use what always looked a decent enough backline but maybe never got any ball? Yeah, it looks that way. Yeah, they're playing a more expansive game for sure. There's, you know, there's a lot of movement of, of ball sideline to sideline and they've got some quality players in there and, and they're looking to to allow them uh, the opportunity to play, which I'm sure they're enjoying. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they, they bring on the weekend. It will be weather-dependent, as, as we learnt in the Scarlets game. You can't try and play conditions and the opposition. So uh, if, if it's a weather's not allowing us to play, probably similar to the Dragons, it'll be a who can kick return the better than the other team. We've had two competitive games. The first game was disappointing um, from the whole squad in terms of our... Our result, it was a uh, it was a scrappy game. It was um, the conditions weren't great, but I think we just lacked aspects of the of the of what we wanted to implement in in the game, which was unfortunate. But you know the character of the team. We came back in on a Monday and um, righted the wrongs really, and made a really simple plan from the coaches. Worked hard in training, and just executed. And I think our especially our halfbacks. 
um, played a major part in our victory against Treviso. And whenever you've got your, your halfbacks putting you in positions of um, of strength, whether turning turning the, the Treviso team so the forwards can can attack their set piece, um, really helps. And I thought they did a great job. But they did have a pack that was going forward. You gave them some good, really solid ball um, because Treviso's pack never really coped with the, the squeeze that Connett were putting on them. Yeah, I mean, our set piece went well. We stole a couple of our lineouts. Um, our scrum went well. And the Fords, you know, worked hard around our defence, around the rucks, and, and our kick chase. You know, when you've got players like Quinn Rue and Jared Butler who are charging up the line and smashing people, uh, it, it gives everybody that bit of energy to, to do what they've just done. So we've got some strong leaders vocally and some strong leaders physically on the pitch, and that makes for a good mix. And you know, long may it continue for game after game. Our forwards were kind of awesome and throughout the whole match, but especially in that like first twenty minutes, I think they got two mall tries, and so that just kind of set the tone early for that match. But yeah, especially amongst the backs, that was one thing that we talked about. Like was the communication probably not sending enough into our halfbacks, Blady and Connor. Um, so that was one thing we just worked on, just saying where we thought there was space for kicks or anything like that. After Scarlet's match, it was just an area that we identified, and then luckily it worked um, in the match and kind of helped with the two lads, uh, Blady and Connor, having awesome games as well. Yeah, talking about Connor, so the younger brother uh, running the game from ten. Were you giving it? Were you giving him a bit of help, giving him a bit of a, a bit of a push, and giving him a kick up the backside when necessary? I gave him a lot of kicks off the backside when we were younger now, but I haven't needed it the last few weeks, thank God. And yeah, he's been playing awesome this season. He had a really good preseason and kind of started with that INX match. He got a try and then was class against Russia. And then, especially last week, like his kicking game was just very good. Like, you know, I suppose we always used to play games in the backyard and like even other brother, and we'd always be playing rugby games trying to. Kick, <laughs> see you could like kick a corner, kind of. It was this game we used to kind of play out in the street outside and try and make a fool of each other like that. But um, yeah, no, he's been doing very well now this year. Okay, we're sitting in a slightly wetter than normal back garden in Murty Rabbits, um, but the, the covers are up and the seats are heated, so it's still quite pleasant. Let's have a quick review of the game last week. Uh, you had a lot of people giving a huge amount of kudos to Quinn Rue, and quite rightly. But you also had Gavin Thornbury, who had the most tackles in the game with 17. And he also stole a couple of lineouts and was huge around the field. So it's both second rows did the business. I think Andy Friend is very blessed this season, and I think he believes that too, that he has those two operating um, in the second row as starters. He's, uh, last week, I think, at press conference, he did pick out Gavin Thornbury as being a person to watch for the future. He had said if Quinn Roo was unlucky not to be in the Irish team, then definitely it is a place for Gavin Thornbury in the future. So that yes, they certainly they both dovetail very well together. They play well together. They add uh, weight. Um, but we can't just look at those two. I think overall it was a, it was a much needed um, and spot-on performance from both backs and forwards. It was clinical. They finished off tries. You know, no performance is, 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 you know, is without issues, but that was a good home response to what had been a very poor performance in the Scarlets. 
Yeah, William, and the stats back it up. If you go to patreon.com slash craggyrugby, there'll be an article up there showing the, the visits to the 22 and how successful Connacht were this week. You're looking at 60% success rate when they hit the 22 this week, up from 17% last week. Um, is the weather part of that, William? Yeah, I think Connacht play better rugby when it's dry. Uh, it's someone they're going to have to uh, be very mindful of. They just need better tactics when it's wet because they didn't. They had the wrong tactics. They kicked very poorly at the Scarlets. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was it was a good performance, a good win. Benetton weren't great, really. They kept going, but they looked like a side that maybe had given their all the week before at home. And they have another away game this weekend at uh, the Ospreys. They certainly kept going for the 80 minutes. They didn't drop off. But Connacht just ground them down. and the, uh, you know It was easy enough for the backs because they were going forward. So the 9 and 10 had good ball to work with. And that's the, what they've got to do now is take that into uh, Dragons. Yeah. That game is gone. They've got their five points. But they have to take the really strong bits of that into Friday night, a uh, place where they've lost the last two times they've visited there. We'll only play them once this season. They're not coming to the sports ground. They are one of the weakest teams in Pool A. I'm still quite amazed at them. They could move over with, with Zebra from Conference B together because they are perennially locked at the bottom of the table, but somehow or other that was how it worked out. They have a new coach in ticket. Uh, Dean Ryan is there. Uh, Andy Friend alluded to today that they're playing a little bit differently. They're trying maybe to... They used to have some decent backs, but they never gave them the ball. So it's their first home game of the season. They'll want to make a statement. They certainly will, and we'll continue that conversation a bit later. Um, Just on the defence, the defence this week stopped Benetton getting into the 22 in the first half altogether and only allowed them in three times in total. Benetton only got one try, so again, an improvement on the defence from the previous week. So things are going pretty well defensively. Yeah, but I would make the point that Scarlett's attack was a lot more, uh, a much better quality attack uh, than anything that Benetton were offering. So you've you got to balance all this up. And Connick were at home. So you've got to, you know, I don't think they'll, I don't think they overreacted to the Scarlet. I think they were very disappointed by it. I don't think they'll get overexcited by this performance other than they, they probably cleared their heads a bit and they know, they've shown how they can play. So... They've got to carry it on now. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. It's a progression. It's a step. Three games are over. There's a gap. Then there's 13 games. That's where they really need to hit the ground running. They certainly do. So before we move on, let's have um, a roundup of last week's results. Second round of the Pro 14 started on Friday, October the 4th. Two games. Glasgow Warriors 21, Scarlets 25, Leinster 53, Ospreys 5. And on Saturday, Southern Kings 20, Munster 31, Zebra 28, Dragons 52, Cardiff Blues 11, Edinburgh 19, Cheetah 63, Ulster 26, Connacht 41, Benetton 5. We'll take a closer look at the tables after round three. We'll also be having a look at our European opponents in more detail as we go forward. But I can tell you the Premiership doesn't start until Saturday the 19th of October. So Gloucester at the moment are playing in the Premiership Cup, which is very much a warm-up competition. In the top 14, they've all played six games. Montpellier are eighth. Two wins, one draw, three defeats, 12 points. And Toulouse, last season's champions, are in 13th place with two wins and four losses on nine points. Obviously, they are well tied into the World Cup. 
but that competition has been rumbling along since mid-August and we'll be keeping a close eye on it. So injury update, uh, Sean O'Brien is, is due back soon, we haven't got a definitive date on that, Johnny Murphy is still in return uh, to play protocols after a HIA, um, we haven't had any further update from on Colby Feinga or Owen McKeown who are due back in uh, a number of weeks. Uh, Dave Heffernan is due back soon and the only new one that we did get information on was Dara Leader. Yeah, Dara uh, pulled out of the warm-up on Saturday evening and uh, has gone for a scan so I suppose they're just waiting to see where he is. Uh, Stephen Fitzgerald came off the bench to uh, replace him on the night and then John Porch went on the bench and made his debut. Okay, so that was uh, good news to see the, the um, both sets of brothers on the field. From looking back at my stats, and I might be wrong, but I don't think we've ever had two sets of brothers on the field at the same time, um, to my knowledge. The closest we got were um, the Ophises uh, and the Muldoons when Connor was, was there at one season with John. Um, I'm not sure there's anyone else, unless you can remember Lindy. Uh, no, but interesting enough, Andy Friend said he would have liked to have have put the two sets of brothers on together but he said at the time Owen Masterson was slightly cramping up a bit so he, he really had to replace him with Sean so it was an opportunity that we can await in the future it certainly is okay let's have a, um, a list of what fixtures are coming up this weekend okay three games in round three of the Pro 14 on Friday evening starting off with Cheetahs against Munster at 5.15pm Irish Dragons play Connacht, 7.35pm, and at the same time, Leinster entertain Edinburgh. And then on Saturday, we start with Scarlets against Zebra at 3pm, Southern Kings versus Ulster at 4pm, Glasgow Warriors versus Cardiff Blues at 7.35pm, and Ospreys versus Benetton at 7.35pm. And of course, earlier in the day, Ireland versus Samoa at 11.45 is going to be getting a lot of attention. It most certainly is, especially if the typhoon hasn't done its job <laughs> and the game gets played. But um, I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out more about that as the week goes on. Yeah, so as you alluded to earlier, William, as we come to the last part of the podcast, it's the Dragons' first home game of the season, but they have not played in Rodney Parade since the 3rd of March. And their only win in 2019 was against uh, Tumashwara Saracens in the European Challenge Cup. So it's not exactly a happy hunting ground for them. No, it's uh, look, they've had a rough run. Uh, their win last week at Zebra was their first away win in 45 games, which is some statistic. That's, that's hard. That's tough. That's four years of having to go away and get beaten. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an atmospheric ground. They, they've played a lot of serious soccer matches there recently. I think Man City, West Ham and Spurs have all played there in the Cup. So maybe it's been done up a little bit because it is a very... Um, it's an old-fashioned ground, crowd are right on top of you. When you're commentating, they can turn around and have a chat with you, which they regularly do, because they mightn't agree with what you've said. Um, I think it's a big opportunity for Connacht. And I, I, look, is it must-win? Yeah, it's very close. Because if you can come out of these three games, one and two, rather than two and one, if you come out with... with that, that's what you need because if you lose on Friday you're going to have to win another game somewhere that you mightn't expect to win um, but I suspect under Dean Ryan they will be a significant challenge uh, especially it is their first home game of the season and he's trying to get them to play a little bit more expansively but the win against Zebra would suggest that Zebra are really really struggling with players being away at Italy so 
I've got to put this one down. I think I think Connacht. Uh, I think Connacht have to win this one. I'd agree. Um, and talking about uh, their their expansive play, Jordan Williams ran for 195 metres last week, which is an astonishing amount of ball to be run with the ball in hand in that game. He also made a huge number of line breaks as well. I've just lost it. I've got my glasses off. He also beat nine defenders um, in those runs. So, like, this guy is going to be a huge threat. They're obviously a different team at the moment, particularly having got that one away to, away to Zebra and got that monkey off their back, which, you know... They're going to come into this as their first home match full of confidence. I think defensively, Connacht have have upped their game this season. And I think that players like that are obviously going to have to be monitored closely. It's it's not it's not an easy. Andy Friend has never been to this ground. It's, it's not an it's not an easy ground for anyone to come to. We haven't won there in the last previous two seasons, but I think Connor would have learnt a lot. Well, I'm hoping they will have learnt a lot from that very first outing to Scarlets. You asked if it was a must must win. I think it is. I think if Connor want to improve or better or or equal or improve on their record for last season, you have to knock the teams like the, the Dragons off. They're perennial. Sort of at the bottom, perennially at the top, bottom of the table, where Connor was a few years ago. Um, we haven't been back down in that position since you know Pat Lamb, you know, brought new heights to the province. We don't want to be back there. And if we're any serious about about equaling or you know improving on last year's performance, then you have to win over the Dragons. You certainly do, because Dean Wayne could be there, Pat Lamb. Yeah, he could be. And the other key thing is. We don't win enough games. We don't win enough away games anyway, but that's for discussion for another day because that's a serious problem that just has to be addressed. But we don't win in Wales at all. Uh, Something seems to happen. We've had some diabolical performances last year, which they still keep talking about. They still talk about the Ospreys. They still talk about Cardiff. Scarlett doesn't quite come under that heading. Wales is just another place to play rugby, and it's you know it's not. It just seems to get inside their heads a bit, and that's what I want to see. I want to see can they bring what they had on Saturday and put that on the field. Okay, it might be different conditions, but it's the cohesiveness, the attention to detail, the accuracy, the communication between the players. That's what you want to see happening, uh, and then that should lead to the performance. So it's it's, it's a fascinating challenge. And it'll be just interesting to see what the Dragons are up to. It certainly will, because the forecast at the moment, and we're recording this on Tuesday lunchtime, is that it's going to have 80% chance of rain and a fair bit of wind. So it'll be quite similar to what um, was uh, happened in the Scarlet. So you'd like to think that Connacht could learn from that. OK, I think we'll leave it there. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until you hear